Support for Dale Radio comes from people mispronouncing Gowanus and actual male chimpanzees. Previously on Dale Radio. And when you walked in there around 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. when I would typically walk in, you say, <laughs> what can I get you? You know, you say a coffee. She'd say regular. And you say regular. And she'd make two scoops like those giant scoops, the Raisin Bran scoops, two of those of sugar, and then fill it with the cream. And there'd probably be this much coffee in the thing. But it was like coffee ice cream. She was, I'd get that in a breakfast sandwich. That was, that was my brain food up there. My goodness. Well, here we are in the golden age of podcasting, folks. Here on Dale Radio, it's one story told week after week after week. The story of one man's dizzying attempts to escape sadness and failure. We're asking the question, where did I go wrong? Was it my fault? Or was it my friend Jay's? Jay, who stopped coming to our live shows the minute we moved to Manhattan, and now I never hear from him. He was going to pick me up and told me to wait for a call outside Best Buy. Well, good one, Jay. There are no pay phones at Best Buy. I should know. I shoplifted USB dongles from that place for years. And some blank CDs. And this microphone. (laughs) Well, it's a genuine mystery, folks. I feel like things should be happening more quickly. I do. I'm trying not to get down about it. But I need your help to help help me solve it. And uh, uh, could somebody please tell me how to work Reddit? I don't understand. What if that show cereal was just people listening to that Elliot Smith-like toy piano clinking away and listing their favorite cereals? Frosted Flakes. Frosted Mini Wheats. Frosted Cocoa Puffs. Not Barber's Puffins. I don't think anybody would list that as their favorite cereal. And if, it, and if they did, that would be a real mystery. <laughs> that we'd need help with solving. Well, I trust that you're going to stick with me here and help me figure this all out. Uh, I know I've talked about it at length on this podcast, but I will tell you it's because this moment it feels as if there's some uh, need for change. Whenever you're going through a creative process, you feel as if you get to a point and say, well, is this, is this really all there is? <laughs> is this what it's going to be like? As I look out over the rain gently falling on trash trucks, and uh, seagulls flying about and trucks roaring past. Is this, is this it? Is this all there is to the circus? <laughs> I mean, so I'm feeling a lot of things at this time. Yeah, we all are. There's a lot going on. And um, I thought what I'd do this time, break the format a little bit and have some fun just to keep the old juices flowing and uh, get things basted in a new way. But uh, I, I do. Uh, I thought what I'd do now is a little personal introduction to this piece that you're going to hear later because it's a, it's a bit of an odd duck. And uh, this episode is a little unusual in every way, so why not, why not just go for it? But uh, it, is a, it, is a, it is a tough time uh, right now, and along with the excitement of trying to change things, uh, to try and introduce some new features to the whole thing. Uh, I, I, I'm also, you know, at this time of year, it get, it's get, we're getting close to the holidays. It's, uh, depression is a slippery slope. That's what I'm saying. And it, it can really lead a fella to eat. And there's so much food, food that I've missed all year, like stuffing. Yes, please. Sweet potatoes with marshmallows on it. I love you. Cranberry sauce, is it possible to bathe in you? I want your sticky sweet all over me. I want to merge with you so that my jiggling self is one with your jiggling self. I want can ridges on my outsides. But I have to try and fight it. I have to. I made a promise to baby Pepsi that I wouldn't show up to her graduation in a personal mobility scooter. I'd have to unload special ramps from the minivan. I'd have some kind of vest with pockets full of pills and insulin needles. I don't want to end up like that. But that's where I go when things get uh, get sad for me, right to the fridge. 
but uh, you know, partially it, it is um, it is my fault. You know, I have to take responsibility for it. Uh, I can quickly open up a portal of doubt within me. It's like Stargate SG One in my soul. And listen, they make size 40 pants for a reason. I could be more comfortable throughout the day. It would probably make me feel better just to order a couple of... Uh, uh, uh. They say most men don't wear the correct size of pant. I read that in a study, so maybe that's what's going on. Maybe it's the pant industry I should focus my attention towards. Um, severe depression, though, it does run in, run in my family. We had an Uncle Douglas, and he'd always mope around. Boy, you hated to see him because he was just a sad sack in every sense of the word, is physically resembled a sack. And finally, he just ended it. Moved back to Hamilton, Ontario. Now he works at a Tim Hortons. It's his whole life. Says he enjoys chatting with customers at the drive-thru. Can you imagine ending up in such a, in such a way, such a state, province, as, it, as the case may be? And this time of year, as I said, look, we're, we're all fighting. I think we're all, there's, there's, there's family stuff, and then you get, you, boy, you turn on the news to try and just drown out family issues, and what do you got there? That's no help. My goodness. I mean, it makes you feel like, what, are we, what is anybody doing anywhere? <laughs> you, you know, let alone listening to the trash trucks. But what's the, what's the bigger concerns that are out there? And everywhere you turn, it's just power being abused and uh, a corruption and, and people that should know better doing things that they shouldn't. And what I'm telling you is, if Carol Burnett turns out to be some kind of monster, I'm done. I'm out. You'll be ordering coffee from me at Tim Hortons if that happens. We'll be talking about the weather up there. Uh, well, listen, I understand that. And, you know, people take to social media. They just they jump on there and they, they uh, talk about their opinions. And I understand it as a tool for uh, organizing rallies and things and, and, and coordinating vast groups of people and, and uh, sort of talking about that which we have in common expressed through a hashtag. But uh, uh, I, I don't want people to think that because I'm not posting something about it that I, I don't feel anything or that I'm not upset. Uh, uh, but I, of course I am. It's, 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 it's beyond anything. You feel like you've already dealt with all these issues 40, 50, 60 years ago, and here they are, and, and we're, we're still in them. And it's infuriating, that kind of, kind of thing. And whenever injustice occurs, it's terrible. I was watching a documentary. I realize this is not the same thing. And you know I've been a longtime climate change skeptic. I don't know about all that. I mean, I'm no scientist. But I was watching this documentary on the PBS, and the polar bears are struggling. They're swimming. They shouldn't be swimming that much. That is too much. I know you go to the zoo, you see him in the cage. Oh, my, there he is, dunking in the water. But it seems like too much. Too much swimming. And the, the killer whales are all over the place, and jellyfish is, or, or jellyfish are, are, are blooming. There's blooms of jellyfish clogging. Drains from nuclear waste facility. It's a recipe for disaster, is what I'm saying. And the ice sheets are just breaking up. The glaciers are going away, and uh, it just gives you uh, not a lot to be hopeful about, unless you're in the oil and gas industry. And then you think, well, this this will be fine. <laughs> we can continue uninterrupted, and that'll be that'll be wonderful. But that's what I'm talking about, you know. And I don't feel I, the, the the moral outrage is such. That I don't feel like I need to put that onto Facebook. I don't need to get into it with anybody on there. I have enough going on that to, to enter into some kind of um, productive conversation with a high school chum is, is not, 
Not on my agenda. Not on my list. Plus, it's more than 140 characters of things that I'd like to say. But, uh, you know, it's just... I, it leaves you it leaves you uh, frustrated sure I understand it one way to escape maybe possibly is is to is to go see some shows go go see some comedy uh, to do some comedy to uh, talk about about yourself <laughs> on a free platform distributed to tens of you anyhow all of this going on and I'm worrying about people showing up in a basement. <laughs> What I'm telling you is it's all I can manage. Sometimes I have to compartmentalize uh, the way old Bill Clinton used to do. And uh, now that might be small-minded to me, but I'm trying to be productive in the ways that I can be, to manage what I can be responsible for, to put something out there that is uh, of quality into the world uh, to help balance out some of the other things. But if you're feeling low around now, here are some actual tips. These are tips that help me, uh, especially uh, with the holidays coming up. So uh, number one, if, if you're feeling down, go see some lights, any kind of lights. Go to Home Depot, Lowe's, whatever, the, whatever is nearby, and check out their lighting aisle. Lots of great shades in there. Somebody has lights on their trees. That's fine too. You can you can linger outside. Don't you know? Don't be. Don't go too long. Uh, headlights. Just anything to stare into uh, uh, for a while. That that'll help. Two. Wear a turtleneck. See if anyone notices. Now, not a mock turtleneck. The other turtlenecks know when you're mocking them. Just a real old-fashioned high boy. Number three. Binge watch Hallmark movies. Lacey Chabert is all grown up, folks. How about that? She used to be about 10. Now she's uh, interacting with somebody who looks suspiciously like Santa Claus. And now, uh, finally, four, if you're going to be in Pennsylvania, and by all means, get down there. Oh, my goodness, this time of year, that's when Pennsylvania shines, the Keystone State, the key to a great holiday. But I encourage you, because probably this is already on your list, uh, go visit the best bathrooms in the country. That's true. Recently voted at Longwood Gardens. But then if, if you use the restroom and you think, well, I'm already here, I've already parked, stick around for their Christmas display, holiday display, whichever they, they call it, and check out, there, there's in one of the trees and in the gift shop there, there'll be wooden birdhouses made by a, a guy named, uh, let's see, Jim Bewley is his name. Uh, he's a, a talented older feller, and he's making things happen in the basement, just like me. <laughs> Imagine when you see them, they got little birds on them. Just imagine the little birds that live in those tiny birdhouses. You know, what What are they doing in there? Not all of them have birds. Some of them are just the holes, so it's for you, you're free to let your mind wander. And what are, what are those little birds doing? What is their life like? What are their concerns? What are they having for Thanksgiving? Tinier birds? Bugs? Bugs stuffed in birds? Turbuggins? Check it out. It's going to make you feel better. And speaking of Thanksgiving, or as we call it in the Seaver household, misgiving, <laughs> every year after a few bottles of Amish-made Pinot Noir, we go around the table and share things we have misgivings about. It can be very productive. It can also be very hurtful. But uh, usually it ends up that we all agree uh, that we'd like to see our cousin Danny eat something other than peanut butter and rolls. But listen, the man's 37 years old. If he wants to eat Pillsbury dinner rolls with Jiffy, uh, who can blame him? They're both quality products. They're good together. They're good apart, which is more than we can say for great Aunt Denise and her new beau, <laughs> who are terrible no matter what proximity and so destructive. How do you end up in a relationship like that? Well, and of course, uh, she always brings this weird pineapple thing. There's always something on the Thanksgiving or misgiving <laughs> table. And you, you, you think, how'd that get here? 
who who's the one uh, you know pushing this and who who craves this well uh, the, she brings this pineapple dish and i don't know if it's a relish or a pudding she makes it because she insists that my grandfather enjoyed it i gather they dated once before he married her sister my grandmother uh, he can't enjoy it from the grave but nonetheless there it is a little tombstone of pineapple custard that we feel obligated to bring out each year and then i guess throw away when no one's taken any of it I take a bite. I take a bite. Let, let's be. Let's be honest. I'll be. I'll be a little bit more generous this time of year. We are. We. You. You know. You take a bite of the thing, and you think, "Yep, I still don't like it." But that's what traditions are, aren't they? Doing things over and over again to appease the dead, to garner approval from someone who never gave it freely while they were alive. That's just how things go. But I hope you have a nice time. Uh, you, wherever you end up, and uh, and uh, but back to me. And where am I going? Where's the show going? Well, I'm trying. I talk about it because that helps me gain some perspective. And Jen, you're so kind to send me so many DMs and, and tweets and um, messages on ways to improve the show. I really do appreciate it. And some of you have some ideas that uh, are worth entertaining. Not all of you. One of my strategies, though, during this time when I'm trying to figure things out, and you may, you may feel similarly, is, is I borrow something from previous experiences. And in this case, I look to my time working with the improv scene and with uh, UCB and other places. And uh, that is, I, I enter a phase of saying yes to everything. You want me to judge an animal Halloween costume parade? Yes. You want me to try this new smoothie you've been working on? Okay. Now, that last one, I'd rather not, but I say yes anyhow. I did feel good. It means that I've been trying to get out there and do other people's shows more often. If asked, I'm there. And just like in romance and photography, it's all about exposure. And I recently had a wonderful time reading as part of the Real Characters show, sort of a book club for attractive people held in the basement, my natural habitat. Andy Ross, a great guy who's been on this program, a dear friend, he asked me to come down, so I did. And as it turns out, uh, it was fortunate. Uh, because I got to do a little uh, something that in the business we call workshopping. Uh, <laughs> I did. I never do this. You know, another it's a way of taking the horse out for the trot is another common phrase um, uh, that I hear sometimes. And uh, you know, you ha- what you do is you try out some material. Uh, for for use later. So I, I was going to be participating in the Solocom Festival thing. This uh, this business, all caps, by the way, Solocom, all caps. Solo performers like to yell their intentions and what they're doing. And so I was going to do this thing, and you're going to hear it later. But uh, this show was coming up, and so I thought I would try some material out in front of a crowd, get some feedback. That's crucial. Feedback. Most other people do this. Anybody that's uh, doing something in the public, they'll find an opportunity to put something up on its feet and 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 then see what happens i never do that i get up there i feel it and i just i just move my body uh <laughs> and uh, i'm moving my body right now uh, so i use this moment with andy's show to do that and my god i even read for my new book forthcoming from super fun press uh, uh a man a plan a canal gowanus uh, so i was i was happy to to get a couple of uh uh, things out from that too, but I really think the whole night was a success, and I had such fun that I was able to generate some things that I then put to good use in the performance that you're going to hear. Because it did need to have some. It's not all scripted, but I needed to have some sense of where I was going. And a couple. Of, sometimes you want to have when it's a big festival like this, when there's so much media attention and industry attention. I'm telling you, uh, 
you really want to put out your best stuff. So you might want to practice something. So I did, and that's what you. I had a couple of bits that I could go to, and and they're, they're in this. So now, as usual with the live shows, this one has the audio quality of uh, being recorded in a Manhattan basement with an intermittent air conditioner going on and off. I only perform in the best places, folks. Only the best. But uh, speaking of which, if you know any basements available in your hometown, let me know. Uh, Drop me a line. (laughs) No, I did enjoy being there. I hosted, uh, the night before my show, I hosted a character night. And uh, I don't know why they asked me to do that. I'm just me. But... um, uh, I, I uh, uh, everybody came and they did their things, the tight little pieces and costume changes and wigs and all sorts of stuff, and uh, I, I I felt like it went well. I didn't. Uh, I realized later I didn't have a chance to try out some of my some of my characters, like Clancy, the too talkative crossing guard, or Hudson on the Hudson, a hipster who complains about high taxes but good schools, or Jerry Jordan, puppet evangelist. Anyhow. Sometime those characters are going to see the light of day, and I can't wait to. Maybe I'll look for Solocom 2015. Well, that's what's going on. That's where where things are for me. Uh, I don't know that we've solved it this week uh, with <laughs> what's going on in my career. But if you listen, listen to the, to this episode, and then uh, see, so you can start a discussion group somewhere. That would be fine. So here it is, my Solocom 2014 show at Dale Radio Live and Alone. Just me, no music, no Steve-O, no guests, barely any audience, to be honest, talking about some of my many issues. Ginny gets a mention, and I tell you, I think I worked through some stuff in this. I know that uh, art doesn't necessarily have to be therapy, but... Uh, it's a little cheaper at this point uh, <laughs> where I am. So um, I hope you'll enjoy it. I did a lot of physical chair work in this piece that was appreciated by the audience. And sadly, that won't all translate to the audio podcast. I, next time, I'll mic the chair. But imagine it. Imagine me on a chair just being amazing. It's not hard to do, is it? Probably most of your waking life spent that way. Well, have a great holiday. I'll be out at Radio Shack at 5 a.m. for the Doorbuster celebrations. There's no sale because there's no merchandise. The franchise is closing, so we'll be breaking down the store as part of the demolition work. Like I said, the career is going great, and part-time work, you got to take it where you can get it. If you have any tips, send them my way. So uh, thank you again. Uh, remember, post your theories uh, on, on Facebook or Twitter, or God help you read it. And uh, enjoy this uh, performance from Solocom. Thank you. 
Well, folks, I'd like to remind you that you are below ground. And any time you're in a basement, the Gowanus Canal is all around us. It can find us. It's like a great detective. A great detective with a sex disease, but a great detective nonetheless. And it's all around us. We're all connected to everyone and everything. It's all just flowing through us. That connectivity in its own filthy way. We're all bound to each other, aren't we? And that feeling that you're having now of being uh, together with someone and some people experiencing something that's happening to you, that's all we have. <laughs> it's, it's literally all I have. <laughs> so I'm very uh, excited to be here as part of SoloCom and uh, doing uh, just, just me. That's, the, that, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> because usually you have to understand we have guests. Usually we have the, the stage is full of guests and a lot of people, but this they said, absolutely forbidden, you can't do it. You can't have anybody up here. And I said to myself, well, what are the chances that a middle-aged podcaster doing a show in a basement for 10 people would have any friends anyway? <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Uh, so here we are once again alone. And that contract that I signed said I'd be alone, very similar to the one I signed with God when I was born. So, no stranger to the lonely life. But yes, we're here, solo com. You know, I've been comic solo for years. <laughs> oh, my. Well, it is wonderful. And uh, uh, listen, uh, is, is there anybody out there? This whole show tonight is going to be just marvelous. It's going to be fast-paced, and we're going to get into it. Because nobody's here, well, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about some of my experiences. <laughs> I also try to help all of you, because look at you. Uh, we, we want to reach out to you, the, the young, hollow masses yearning to be free of student loan and bad skin. We want to help you in your life. So if, is there somebody out there who could just help me out with something? I want to help you. And it just requires a little bit of audience participation. Now, I hate that. I do not like being called up. I totally understand your position. I don't like talking to people on planes. I barely talk to anybody at work. Ask me. Ask me. I don't like small talk. This will be very simple, I promise. Nothing, nothing better. And it's good. you're going to feel better at the end of it. So somebody out there feeling uh, sad. Anybody out there feeling sad? Not for me, just sad generally. Come on, with best. Come on up here. <laughs> There you go. How are you, sir? I'm good. Good. What's your name? Evan. Evan. Yeah. That's wonderful. Come, come over here. All right. Right. Right over here. That's that's fine. Sorry. Okay. No, not in that chair you wouldn't, because that's the host chair, my friend. So I'm not a host. Not any, No, not at this. Not yet. We'll see. Okay. Now, uh, here's what. I, what what kind of uh, sadness? I know you have the best. So, what kind of sadness do you have uh, other than that? What's going on? Uh, nothing really. Come on, something's, something's eating away at you. What's your biggest trouble? Okay, then we'll take it. I mean, it's probably what it is, is I know that the real sadness is in this zone. It can't be out here, because that's exposed. So I know that it's not the best. It's coming to But I'm going to give you something that's going to take away your sadness. Okay. Okay, because maybe you can't express it right now, because that was happening. Maybe. Yeah. So I'm going to give you, you mind holding on to this? Now don't get any idea. You're not the host. This is not a transfer of power. I'm just giving you this microphone for a short period of time. It's not heavy, right? Try it. Okay. Is that really the first microphone you've ever had? No, I'm okay. So I need you, I need you to do something. Just look straight ahead. It's fine. Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> it's 
fry it up here. There you go. Oh, um. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I think you can just sneak out of it. Okay. Really? There you go. So now what that is is the Dale Seaver Cave of Sadness. And, uh, <laughs> I think, see, here's what happens. Uh, on most days, I, I've, uh, I spent uh, at least a couple hours a day in this, usually new. And usually I'm doing uh, intense physical activity. Uh, I do a lot of sit-ups in it. <laughs> and so a lot of my essence has dripped into this sequin garment that you're wearing, right? I transfer a lot of my own sadness into this cape. I can feel it. You can feel it, can't you? But what's going to happen is, for this to be successful, you have to wear that the rest of the night. And you're going to see that compared to my sadness, yours is nothing. You were already kind of pretty light going through life, but I don't think you're being honest with me. So what's going to happen is some of that sadness will filter into you. You'll feel your own. It will compare to what's going on, and you will feel lighter. Believe me. You will feel happier for it. So go ahead and sit down again, and we'll check in with you later to see how things are going. It looks good. Honestly, I don't want to give them anything to cover up the bed. But, uh, no, it's wonderful. So as I said, as I said, don't leave with it. I know you'll get tempted to do it, but it has to stay on the whole show. Uh, folks, uh, normally when we have this show, we have a musical director that sits over here, Steve-O, and this one of the, of the show, I'd, I'd lean over to him and say, Hey, Steve-O, how are you doing? And then I'd shut him down, because who cares what's going on for him? It's not necessary. But usually he, he, he'd do something for me at this point, and he'd play me a little uh, sitting down music. Now, that, that's a podcasting term, but that's uh, music to sit down by. So what I'd like to do, what I'd like to do, if you could all just uh, let out a chant, uh, some kind of singing, it just has to be low and slow, like my cousin Denny, after a third helping of my aunt Nellie's uh, Cinnabon sausage stuffing at Thanksgiving. So just uh, make a sound that's real low, just drone it out. Let me hear it. There it is. That's the reason you have a musical director, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Give yourselves a round of applause for that. What a thing. Oh, my goodness. This is great. Well, uh, because it's probably been about an episode since I've mentioned her, I thought I'd start off tonight uh, talking about my ex-wife. Uh, can we put her to the next slide up there? You can, you can kind of make her out there. What I do is make, des I make desktop patterns of heartache. So I have a whole bunch of these that I've made. I just scroll through them all through the year. So that's her, Ginny P. Lovethorn. And uh, tonight, actually, would have been our 21st wedding anniversary. Uh, sadly, we uh, made it about 11 of those 21 years. Uh, and every November 15th, for the last 10, I've constructed a simple and modest effigy of her now husband, Brian, out of some uh, moth-eaten sweaters, some old furniture, and some photos that I reclaimed from the private detective that I hired. And I set it ablaze and toss it off of the Verrazano Narrows Bridge. So you might have some traffic going across Staten Island tonight. <laughs> we had a good run of things. And you know, sometimes it's, it's, it has been a while, and, and often I will be um, uh, found by somebody in the thrift store dressing room 
uh, just crying, and sometimes they're going to come up to me and they'll say, Sir, first thing they'll say is, Sir, it's not a dressing room. And then second, uh, <laughs> how, those, how those pants fit. And then sometimes uh, some nice person will just come in and just stroke what's left of my hair and just say, it's going to be okay. But hey, Dale, it seems like you're not quite over this gal. What, what's going on? And uh, once I finally come to my senses, I have to agree. You know, it, it's, it's true. There was something magical about her. She was a vision in peach chiffon and her hair just all out there like one of those lizards with the scary dinosaur necks, you know. <laughs> And a voice like an angel, an angel of an animal recently deceased, perhaps uh, some, some kind of critter that got stuck in a bad way, like a, a Canadian gosling, uh, maybe hitting an electrical wire, or a mouse in a glue trap, just that kind of a voice, you know, you've heard it, and just beautiful, and so she just, and sometimes on a summer evening I can still still get a whiff of her. I feel like I've, I've, I can smell her because she had a very distinctive odor. It was of hairspray and turtle wax. She loved waxing our car, she did, because we used to go on the road all the time. We had a 1989 Chrysler LeBaron. Uh, we call it Little Barry. And she just loved, she wanted to make sure that thing looked good whenever we went out on the road, I tell you that. And we were out there a lot going on our circuit of entertaining from Tempe, Arizona to Tampa, Florida. Quite a circuit. And a lot of miles put on, but the uh, audiences there were lovely and forgetful. And, uh, <laughs> but she was great. She really just knew her way around a polishing cloth. She was kind of like a more muscular karate kid, as it was. And I, her Miyaki. Very good with the chopsticks. <laughs> I was. I could pluck all that stuff out of the air. It was a fly, a mosquito. I caught some small rodents. I once got a possum out of a tree. <laughs> of course, they—that's their—they stay real still. So that you know, it was—it wasn't. But anything to just keep off one less call to to Rodney, the rodent removal specialist, who I once caught lingering for a few seconds too long with the poison pellets in his pocket as he glanced over at Ginny in the kitchen window, making one of her famous possum stews. <laughs> so anyhow, <laughs> things, uh, things didn't work out. Great romances end. I guess we should have had a conversation about who wanted to have children uh, earlier in the relationship. Uh, as it was, she did want to have children, and I'm very concerned about overpopulation. Plus, uh, I mean, every plane here on this floor. What's going on? But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I have seen the darkness that's in humanity's heart and what we're capable of. I've used the men's room at Penn Station. <laughs> and I don't want to see any loved one go through that. So we had a fundamental disagreement, and then we went our, our separate ways. Now, I know what you're saying. Dale, showing up at her rehearsal dinner in a stained T-shirt and borrowed trousers... Uh, to confess your love at that moment was it was probably not the smartest move. And I would agree with you now upon some reflection therapy. I understand it, that that was not the greatest, uh, you know, thing to do. But, but sometimes, don't we just have to go a little bit nuts to express our love? We should go to any length to tell somebody that we care about them deeply and we value what we have. And if you go a little crazy, that's fine, isn't it? No, it's not, folks. It's not. We've got to respect people and give them their space. 
And that's why I also said, you know what, Dale, get out of here. You need some space to yourself. So I went up to uh, get a little, just clear the head. You know, sometimes you have to do this. I like sitting down. That's like in some of the great storytelling shows you'll see, you know, like Mike Daisy or Spalding Gray, the great show. I'm like Balding Gray. But anyhow, so I went up there to a place in North, you can hit the next thing, it's a very serene slide that I want you to contemplate. So uh, I decided I'd go up to, to find a retreat up there in uh, northern Vermont, which is a great place to get away. Now, uh, I, of course, have been to many clothing optional facilities, as probably some of you have been too, and I think a couple of you may be leaving here to go to one on the Upper East Side later, aren't you? But uh, now, I, I, happen to, I happen upon the, uh, this one. Uber's waiting outside for you. Put a towel down. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> I happened to find this little place, and I got in, into it there, and what I should have realized much sooner was the fact that this was a, there's no other way to say it, it was a sex cult that I happened into. And I, and I should have been able to, to read the signs, because it was literally on the signs, uh, all of, they had some Xerox pieces of paper there, urging shoe removal and quiet and that kind of a thing, and on all of them they had little um, erotic clip art. That was on all these little pictures. Somebody had done that in the Microsoft, I guess, downloaded something. And then also all the candles that, and there were many just like tonight. They were all in the shape of phalluses. Everywhere you went, these, these phallus candles. I'm uncomfortable talking about it as much as you are uncomfortable seeing me talk about it. So we're all in the same boat here. But what, what, what struck me about it is that somewhere in this quaint New England town, there is a flinty Yankee woman who is just passionate about making these penis-shaped candles. And I started to think, well, isn't that a marvelous thing for her? That You could picture her, couldn't you? This, this woman with her long, flowing gray hair tied up into a bun, her forearms scarred by hot wax, just at this point absent-mindedly dipping the wicks over and over again into this flesh-colored beeswax so she got it just the right thickness. Isn't that nice? <laughs> Probably a hearty bowl of chowder just bubbling away it's somewhere nearby. <laughs> <laughs> but you think about it and you say, well, that's just a woman making penis candles. Okay, but she was also working in a rich and proud colonial tradition. Because what people forget is that way long ago, the Puritans were very sex-positive people. They were very forward-thinking about things. And you'd go down the cobblestone streets there, and you'd probably see an old wooden sign that said Cindy's Wick and Dicks, or the, the Dick and Dippers, or whatever they were at general store. Whatever it was, uh, it was a thriving business, uh, until Roger showed up. Now, do you have a picture of Roger? Roger showed up. And you know what? You can tell that Roger is a little bit more of a tight kind of a guy <laughs> because he has buckles everywhere. He's got buckles on his pants. He's got buckles on his shoes. The man has a buckle on his hat. <laughs> How uncomfortable with your own sexuality do you have to be to tighten your hat with an enormous buckle? Now, we celebrate Roger for his bravery in agreeing 
to eat whatever the Indians brought over that day. That was a risk. It could have gone a couple different ways, you understand. So good on you, Roger, but Roger, please. He did not look kindly upon Cindy's Wiccandicks. And so, you know, this whole thing, this is how Salem happened. Those wicks burned. It was a wick hunt, ladies and gentlemen. A wick hunt down there. And it was a nasty scene. And the penis candle making went underground. It had to. Until years later, I'm thinking probably around 92 or so, 1992, in maybe a finished basement somewhere where they pushed the exercise equipment off to the side and the children were asleep and they were just wrapping up a Nicholas Sparks book club. Some, some women, I would dare say they probably call themselves Wiccans, got together... <laughs> got back into the business. And one of those women, let's call her Bonnie, she knew a woman who knew the yogi at this place. And well, she said, okay, I'll put a... She drove her vanagon up the dirt road and now she's in the long-burning slum business. <laughs> Good for you, Bonnie. <laughs> but I knew it wasn't for me. So I had to get out of there. So I left through the labia-like uh, tent flaps that were just... Uh, the, the border between the dining hall and the meditation center and you know, I thought I'd, I'd have some relaxation there I'd get some peace or maybe a free salad but I didn't have any of that so I got in the car, got out of there and I drove down to one of these beautiful little roadside stands and there was a, a, a couple that sold these uh, maple candies you know, in the different kind of shapes and things and I just uh, I thanked them very much and I drove down and pulled off to the side of the road by one of those beautiful old churches up there in the fall foliage and just stuffed my face with those maple leaves and let them dissolve in the little crystalline pools in my mouth and, and cried. That's what happened to me in Vermont. It's a nice place. Up there. But yes... Things end. We have to move on. We all process things in different ways, don't you? Uh, you, you know, you have to you have to look for the positivity that that's out there, and I think that's what uh, this show show does. Uh, it's been five, six years of doing this program, and I know we've helped a lot of people out there through some some difficult stuff. And uh, you know, you, everybody goes through things. You may have, I don't know, a tough breakup as I did, or you may be. Interning at a nonprofit organization, whatever it is, it's horrible. You think, ah, when will it end? We all face adversity, and some of you are facing it right now. But uh, <laughs> this this show, I, I know that people look to me uh, not only because I'm just riddled with problems, but uh, they, they look to me to say, well, Dale, how can I apply some of the things that have happened to you in my own life? Well, it's wonderful. Every Thursday morning. I go down to the post office box, and uh, first of all, first I have uh, my breakfast, and that's uh, dry wheat toast, a black coffee, and half of a leftover uh, ear of corn on the cob. Don't ask me why I have so many leftover ears. <laughs> Don't ask me. I just do. So that's what I have. And then I put the key around my neck for the post office box, because you have to understand, I was a latchkey kid. 
Any latchkey? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we had to do. Any latchkey kids out here? You can tell because they have a real desperate look in their eyes. Please don't leave me. <laughs> and sometimes if you go to turn off the TV, they jump a little bit. Because <laughs> that, was, that was our only, only friends, our only family with us. For years, I only dated women that resembled Mrs. Edna Garrett. Just because I wanted to feel cared for in a familiar way. But I do go down there and I see all these great letters that um, the people have written into me with all, with all these things. And uh, you can go to the next slide there, uh, Christine. Yeah, that's right, just the logo. Just have it seared into people. And so uh, uh, I take the papers, and I, for years, I would write back to everybody. But I've had a number of carpal tunnels, uh, you know, operations. So I can't do that as much anymore. But, and the volume was just so high. <laughs> I'm down between that and my locker at Port Authority where everybody sends the fan goods and the uh, you know erotic fan fiction and cakes that are shaped like me. Anyhow, uh, they're, they're separate thing. But uh, so all these great letters that people write to me, I thought, how can I address this? How can I, can I reach out to a lot of people all at once? And that coincided with my uh, talking to a publisher. And I don't know if they mistook me for someone else, maybe Christian Bale's character in American Hustle, or... <laughs> I don't see it. <laughs> or uh, perhaps um, Elvis Costello, that is also... People have said, they say, Dale, you know, you look a little bit like... In fact, one person, I was out in Los Angeles, and uh, it's just... Horrible there, and I was there, and they don't give you a refrigerator when you get an apartment, so you have to buy everything. Anyway, I had to get there. How do you? Do? Where? There's nothing there. It's a hole. Uh, so you, you, I had to buy a sofa. So I went to one of these places, one of these great places there, and I, I, I was buying the thing, and the guy said, "Hey, uh, you know, you uh, resemble a chubby or Elvis Costello." You could have left it at Elvis Costello. We don't need to say chubby. That's the you know. Do you want the sale or do you not want the sale? <laughs> and that boy fell up. And uh, <laughs> long story short, he did make the sale, and I did buy that sofa, and I probably gained twenty pounds sitting on that sofa. So you win, seamless. <laughs> I tell you, I've ordered so much on Seamless, the online food delivery, that uh, the only thing I wish was seamless are these pants. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so it turns out that they were interested in, in, in getting this book, and I have an advanced copy of it here. You can go to the next thing there, Christine. Look at that. I'll stand. So this is the book, and I got this little copy of so, A Man, a Plan, a Canal, Gowanus. <laughs> now, you probably would have thought Panama, but I say I don't like mind tricks. So uh, I wasn't interested in that. But go, 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 palindrome, go back, doesn't, you know what I'm talking about. So I, I got a copy of the book, and what I thought I would do, this is a, this is a real fast-paced kind of a deal here, unlike anything else I've ever done. It's a page-turner. It's, uh, it's got a lot of great kernels in it, and it's, uh, it's a memoir. It's an armoire. It's a masharia more. <laughs> I'm just riffing, folks. <laughs> oh, some of you uh, may recognize that as jazz. <laughs> riffing. Not everybody. Not everybody would recognize it. Some people would. 
<laughs> Aliens, Mike. <laughs> We're not alone in the universe, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> what I'm here to tell you. There's no way that we could have done all the things that we've done just on our own. For instance, the pyramid building, that, that business that happened a while ago. There's no way. They say it's loose sand and some ropes. No way, science, no way. There is no way that happened. Just on a sheer level of ambition and organization, that could not have happened. Have you ever been at a restaurant with a large party and tried to split the check? It's impossible. There's no way we were building the pyramids. You can't, get, you can't get any consensus together. And probably what happened is there's a couple of, you know, aliens out there cruising around on their diamond planet or wherever they are, way out there behind the Kepler belt, and they're sitting there watching the same way we watch The Bachelor or Homeland or something like that. And they're just watching and they're thinking, God, just build it. Just build some, just put them up. Oh, let's go, let's go, let's just go do it. I can't watch this fellow that wet the sand and that one's arguing over who's going to use the fan palm frond to get the better looking of the pharaoh's daughter cool. Like, let's go, let's go. And then zang, and then they get there and zirp, they say, listen, here, boom, 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 boom. And then all the pyramids are there and they're like, you're welcome, don't worry about it, fill it with whatever you want. <laughs> Dead bodies wouldn't be my choice, but fine. It's okay. It's all going to be plundered anyway. No, 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 no. That's okay. That's all right. We've, no, I'm not going to give you, a, a, you know, an alarm system. That's technology beyond you. Just put some paintings on there. Put some of your drawings up there. That's fine. That's great. You know, they're kind of lousy. They don't have a great sense of perspective. <laughs> what you're doing there. So that's, it's, not, it's just you're not capturing my bird head as well. You know what, it's fine. This does not matter. We're going we're gonna to get going. Just, just work on it. And then they get back in the ship and warp drive. And, and then probably somewhere as they're heading back home, uh, Europe, Europe 7 looks to Yardy Yark 85 and says, Do I look flat to you? Don't answer that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, uh, yes, this, this book... <laughs> This book has a lot about my life, and it's, it goes from San Francisco to Minneapolis to Los Angeles, where uh, I spent some lost years taking improv classes. That was worth it. Uh, and, uh, yes, and there you go, you're done. $900. Uh, so that was great. And then here to New York, and uh, the Gowanus and everything else. So uh, it's, it's great. So I'm not going to tell you all of that kind of stuff. you got a little bit of that tonight, too, but i got to move some units. That's what my publicist says, so I'm not going to give away all my secrets to you tonight, but I am gonna, I'm going to read a couple of things. These are just some of the bits of wisdom, and what I did is I figured out all the topics that people ask me about all the time. These are the things, the ones that come up all the time in these letters, and so, um, by the way, we're pairing the podcast tonight with a Macallan 12. <laughs> Serve neat. If you want to drink as you're listening at home to this, go ahead and do that. So uh, these are some, I would, so these are some, some topics, some hot topics, and my thoughts on them. So this is what I feel like I could communicate to everybody about. Are you doing okay in the cake there, Evan? Yeah. Good. It's awesome. You're, you're feeling better, right? Yeah. I knew it. All right, so here's the topic. The topic number one is on lovemaking. Obviously. People come to me for that a lot. Wear a lot of clothes to start out. It really heightens things. I totally get those folks with the animal costumes, the furries, 
I say squirrel costume in a tuxedo and a spacesuit in a girdle. That's confounding, and that's foreplay. <laughs> On pet maintenance, fish don't like sun-filled windowsills as much as you think they would. Believe me, believe Richie. R.I.P. Richie. <laughs> Richie was a goldfish that I won at a fair, and then he's, he died. <laughs> when I put them on the windowsill. On clothing, this one gets a little angry, so I, I apologize in advance, but I have strong feelings about certain things. I will find you, person who invented Slim Fit. I will find you and hunt you down and wrap you in a pair of trousers so tight that you will know what real misery is. I'll sit you in a chair across the room as the buttons on my shirt fly off one by one and ping you in the smug slimness of your thin little head. Slim fit. It's like poetry. On divorce, I could have handled that better. That's pretty much all I have to say about that. Oh, this is a topic I was just referring to. Uh, on aliens. They exist. Do what you can to make contact. Don't be scared. They built the pyramids. They can help you talk to Lisa about the thing on your foot. But, like, don't call them in for everything. You don't want to freak Lisa out any more than she already is about that thing on your foot. That's just, that's just, that's just pure wisdom. I feel like uh, I could drop the mic after that one. Is that what happens? Death Jam. On drinking. Oh, this is one that you said, yeah. On drinking. This is so helpful for young people. Try to pass out in front of a discount clothing store. It makes shopping for a new outfit the next morning that much easier. <laughs> Make friends with the clerks there. They will let you use the bathrooms. If you have access to water, you should shower. It won't be like a real shower, but you should call it a shower to make yourself feel a little better. Now, you don't have to tell the, tell the salesperson that you just showered in there, but later, if anyone asks, tell them you don't know what that smell is because you showered before work. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's all the great wisdom that's in that book. Thank you. And again, it's, uh, it's called A Man, A Plan, A Canal, Gowanus. And so you can find that book probably uh, propping up uh, wobbly bedside tables when you're on an OkCupid okay date. Look for that under there. Or uh, in a battered and wet cardboard box on a stoop somewhere marked free. Please take no bugs. <laughs> or, or wherever fine books are sold. <laughs> well... Let's get that cake back, shall we? It brings, thank God, you feel so happy. Now, can you take out the little latch for me? I know it's not easy when they put the table there like that. Nope. And then after you've been drinking, okay, well, you don't need me to do it. Can you get the little latch over there? You feel lighter? You didn't really ever make use of the high collar, though. I feel like that was a missed opportunity. But thank you for doing that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I can feel your sadness is transferred. I got some to soak in myself. <laughs> That's wonderful. I love it. Let's put it on.
Let me feel you. There you go. That looks better on you. I know. Produced and performed by James Bewley, musical director Steve O'Reilly, Season 7 theme song composed and arranged by Emily Danger, Season 7 podcast icon by illustrator Louis Chin, logo treatment by Daniel Spencer, Season 7, posters by Annie Carbo and Claire Proush. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever fine podcasts are found. And if you do find us on one of those places, be sure and rate and review us. Live shows are the last Wednesday of every month at the Pit in New York City. Thank you for listening. You're the best.